son. <laughs> Carrie got son. A little too much. Oh yeah, all hail girl, all hail the queen. And secondly, you look like a raccoon. I do. I had my I had my Ray Bans on. Okay, who are we're interviewing the amazing Jaden Vicker today? I'm David Vicker. I can't see this. I have my David McVicker paraphernalia all around me in my music room today because I, I haven't even counted how many of his productions I've done. You've done two of them, but three. But, but only one with him. him. Mm -hmm. I can't even tell you how many I've done. Well, just brag a little bit. I'm jealous. <laughs> Super jelly. We love him. I know we love him. Are we ready to let him in? Are we ready to talk to him? Yes. I, I, I hope we can keep this under an hour because there's so much that we want to talk to him about. Yeah, totally. He might just hang up on us. All right. Ready, girl? Yep. Have fun. You too. <clears throat> Cocktail of the day. Day drinking. Day drinking. Cheers! Cheers! That in the granny. We went for. It's wow. I'm sorry, it's close. But that's about. That? It's it's gunpowder Irish gin. It's my favorite one. So. Nice and and I went for your hubs. I went Welsh and pulled out the Pendarin. Okay. Um, Andrew said to me, he said, um, don't talk about politics, and for fuck's sake, don't swear. For fuck's sake, don't. <laughs> so I think every time I do, you know, you both know it's going to be really hard for me to do either of those two things. So we'll have to play a drinking game. And if I do, um, if I'm a bad boy, you know, we have to, you know, so I always said it twice. Okay. Can I just say that Carrie always asks people what their favorite swear word is? And she's another uh, terribly. Well, well, we'll come back to that one, won't we? <laughs> yes, and, and I, I'm all for cussing and drinking and getting drunk on this video today. It's our what? show and it's on YouTube, so we could do what the fuck we want to do. Oh, fuck, yeah. and uh, wait, oh. motherfucker. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> oh. Hello. <laughs> For you. In honor of David McVicker. All hail. Yeah. All hail. How are you? Uh, how am I? Um, I hate this. I really hate it. Um, I've, I've been, uh, I'm sure you're hearing this from a lot of people. Everyone's saying it's really hard to focus on things. It's really hard to get any work done. Yeah. Uh, because we're working in a kind of like never, never vacuum and like when can we get going again? And um, it's very, very hard. Uh, I'm finding listening to music very hard because it's upsetting. It really upsets me. All kinds uh, of music or just classical? I only listen to classical, honey. No, it's not true. Uh, I can listen to jazz music. I can, I can listen to some silly light pop music. It's fine, but to actually, you know, to do some really in-depth listening um, to even pieces I love, like the Mahler Symphony, to something like that, I, 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 I just, it, it becomes a bit overwhelming. Yeah. I am still doing some work, so I am listening hard to the office and working on one of which is Macbeth. And another one is Medea the Caradini. And because 
I'm pretty confident that those two productions are going to materialize and happen. That that's that's a good listen. That, that okay. that's something. I'm, I'm, and I've got to work on those productions, you know, because we're designing those productions now. Okay. Um, in the expectation that we are going to be doing this, you know. So. So yeah, but it's. I mean, I'm in Scotland. Uh, in Glasgow, and uh, the lockdown here has been long, quite stringent. Mm -hmm. uh, we're only just emerging now this week. I mean, wow. the restaurants still aren't open. The bars still aren't open. How do you survive uh, without the bars open? Sorry? How do you survive without the bars open? Wait, Andrew, go there, yeah. get the Negronis. Um, are you, have they locked you down like they did Wales where you can only go five miles from your house? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that, that, th this week has been a big week for us because that restriction was lifted this week. Um, they were now allowing small beer garden arrangements to happen outside bars. Okay. So you have to give your um, details so they can, they, they, they can track and test, you know, which is a very, very important strategy. Um, the hairdressers aren't open, the barbers aren't open, the nail salons aren't open, theatres aren't open, cinemas aren't open. So we're, we're slightly behind England, who have okay. sort of like, on, on this weekend, did a sort of like super Saturday flourish and just like opened everything. Right. Well, we saw the pictures of the people on the beaches. It's, it, it, it wasn't good. No. It wasn't good. Um, but they did it. So they did it. And, and I, I, I mean, I don't know. The political situation in the UK is um, quite complicated because we have uh, three devolved governments in Scotland, Northern Ireland and Wales, mm -hmm. and we have central Westminster government, which is like the umbrella. Mm -hmm. um, so this particular issue being a health issue is the devolved issue. And so each country has been able to like pursue their own slightly different way. Um, and the Scottish government has been very clear about their messaging. Once they've made the decision what they were going to do, they've been extremely clear, sometimes very unpopular because okay. of what they've done mm -hmm. and the length of the lockdown. But um, the statistics do add up. It is working. Uh, we, we, we've, had, we've had several days now where nobody's died. I think um, the last statistic I looked at yesterday was one day, and uh, yeah, one. And um, in, in, it's something like 2,500 people in total have died because of coronavirus in the country. What's, your population? What's your population? It's small. Yeah. That's the thing. It, 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 that, that's really kind of in our favour because we're kind of in the same population scale as Denmark or New Zealand. Mm -hmm. so, and because it's quite a small population in, it's not a tiny landmass, you know, everyone's quite distributed. I mean, the, the highest concentrations have been in the conurbations like Glasgow here or in Edinburgh, or interestingly in the border between Scotland and England, there's been quite a, a lot going on there. Um, but by and large, I think the tactics of the Scottish government have been very successful, I have to say, 
because the messaging has been extremely clear from the start and they've stuck to it. And as the information rolls out from the scientists, they adjust that information and they're, they're very clear about what they're saying. And there's also been um, a lot of compliance wow. from the population because it's not being politicized. There's like no here. reason to politicize it. Yeah, so it, it's like um, everyone's happy to wear a mask because to get the message, it doesn't protect you, but it protects other people from you. Right. And that's civic duty. And most people in the country are really cool with that and really get that and understand that. Yeah. So um, it's been a long, boring, slow process here, but we are slowly easing out of it. And okay. uh, listen, I mean, I've, I've become a bit of a nerd about the virus because you know how much I love my research. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like and I, you know, and I've had very little to research right now. So I've, I've been really researching the science and really, yeah. really everything. Yeah. I want to say the science, I mean the science, not the conspiracy theory. Right. Well. Yeah. Because that's not useful or no. helpful. It, mm. it's, it's like we need to really educate ourselves about what we're living through. Absolutely. Um, Give us and, facts, and not well, speculation, right? Facts, yeah. not speculation. Well, uh, let's not speculate. Let's just deal with the facts in front of us until the facts change. Because absolutely. speculation doesn't help anyone and it doesn't save lives. And yeah. it's not going to get us out of this any quicker you if get we us ignore that this is happening. And get no. us back to work. Yeah, I don't, so I'm going to have a drink. Okay, I don't know about um about you, but I I love to research too, and I've researched like what you're talking about. And what's so hard about how it's opened up here in Nashville is that when we drive through downtown, you know, coming from a grocery store, and what I see happening with the people, it's it's literally pure rage because what's happened with the symphony here, just in Nashville alone, the symphony, the opera companies, there's no way I'm getting back into the theater until these people put on a damn mask and that the numbers start dropping again. Cause our numbers are so huge that they've now pulled us back into phase two. And there's no way anything can open up for what we love to do until we hit phase four. So what, what? I, and I live Harry, in a why public, you, sorry. What, is that about compliance or is that about messaging? It's about well, messaging, it's about compliance, it's about religion, it's about politics here in Nashville, yeah. in, in yeah. the state of Tennessee. Chattanooga was just uh, released in the news yesterday that it's now become a COVID hotspot. It's really, um, it's, it's madness, it's madness. So um, to try to, for, uh, for me, to try to deal with the anger with all of that is, is we wanna buy a lake house. We're looking at lake houses this weekend. <laughs> Get me away. <laughs> or Carrie's moving up here to Canada. Yay! But isn't it interesting? Um, you know, in Western democracies, the ones which have recently, I have to have a drink, and this one's for politics now. Mm. I'm with you. Wait, okay, okay. Yeah, cheers. The, one, the Western democracies which have embraced right wing populism are faring really badly with this, and I don't think that's accidental. No. Because if, if there was ever a time where we need a globalized response. Right. We need not be shutting down borders, turning our backs, focusing on our narrow concerns. It's right now. This has been a great leveler. Yeah. A huge leveler. Yeah. And I, I hope everyone is using this time to think about things because, you know, we, it, 
is an opportunity to really, really think about things. Right. You know, not not least, I mean, one of the things that I've been thinking about is, um, you know, all of us have a big carbon footprint because of work and because of what we do. Mm -hmm. And for the past few months, the planet's had a break from us getting up in those planes and flying around yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, one of the signs of recovery for government seems to be getting us back up in the skies and doing that again. And should we be doing that again? Should we be looking at alternatives? Mm -hmm. You know, that, that is concerning me greatly. But um, also the, the, the toll that it took on our lives, okay, the, the world and the earth and all of that, but we were exhausted. I mean, how many times did we show up to productions how many times did I say to you, David, I'm sorry, I can't rehearse today. Like, I am just done. Yeah, and the, yeah. the pace that we as the world were, were spinning around this world at, it was not sustainable. And yeah. I think that this made, this break made Carrie and I, you all stop and go, whoa, we have to rethink how we do this. And wouldn't it be great if when we come back, we can do it in the more relaxed manner that we're not yet you know i'm not having to wait for the the star darling darling <laughs> let's talk about tenor let's say the tenor let's say the tenor oh uh, yes the tenor. arriving oh, one feet late hey, thank you <laughs> um, you know i mean yes. one of the things that people are people are talking about in the business is do we all have to accept the period of quarantine before we rehearse something in the future right. and maybe that would be a really good thing. Maybe that would give us breath and time to really focus on one project and not be completing a run of traviatas somewhere. Thank you. Because, you know, our agents want us to do that. And, you know, and, and it, it, it does get crazy. Quality, nice not quantity, things. you know, better quality yeah. product. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, I spend a lot of time wait in a rehearsal room waiting for singers to show up. I'm not so sorry me. to say that to you girls, but... Not for me. Not me. I'm I know, but me. it has happened. It has happened. Yeah. With me? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it would be nice to have a different model when we get going again. Yeah, it would be. Would that, could that model, you know, when you just said that being quarantined for 14 days, how cool would it be to be quarantined, but also to maybe let's all get on Zoom meetings and let's right. talk through the piece and talk through the act, the all the characterization, all this kind of stuff. It would be so fun to have meetings like that to see where your brain was in your brainchild and how you designed something, where you're coming from, so that while we're still stuck in our rooms looking at our scores and all this kind of stuff, I mean, maybe by the time we actually hit the rehearsal room, everybody would be on the same page, which would be kind of cool. I agree with you, Terry. One of, one of the most depressing days for me is the first day of rehearsal where I have to go, hi everyone, this is the show, this is what it looks like, this is what I think about the characters, half the cast haven't made it, um, half the cast are jet lagged and just want to go back home or to right. the hotel. Um, there's no time to digest what I'm talking about. So if we, if we could like arrive in a venue and actually do what we're doing right now, mm -hmm. and then you can come up with some questions and go, I, I didn't, so what, so you think Tosca is what? Yes. Are you stupid? A skanky hoe. You know what I mean? A skanky hoe. It would be, I mean, it would be a very, very useful way 
of working. And I ah. think we're going to find new ways of working. Mm -hmm. That's brilliant. I, I agree with you because we love doing this. We want to do it. People love opera. People love music. People love theater and live theater. And we have to, I think, but not just us, the whole world has to, the opera world. I think we all have to think as a unit, not separately. And I feel that that's what's happening right now is everybody's just grasping at, everybody's desperate and let's all work together and come up with a unified idea and thoughts about it. Well, well, I don't know. Sorry, Carrie. No, I, I just really love that idea. Cause you know, when you're preparing a role, whether it's the first time or the 10th time or the hundredth time, how you sing something is in a characterization that you've thought of or you've done before and it, changes the color and how you sound something or how you sing something and to be able to talk through a character to have two weeks to do that and to rethink things in that moment instead of having to switch it fast and try to grab onto something that oh i didn't think about it that way let me try to color it let me try to shade it let me try to focus that that, 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 Mary. i think like i mean we we would finally have the time to be able to do that and to soak it in and process it and that makes me excited about changing the model i would love that but that's how mm-hmm. opera used to be years and years and years ago, back in, you know, mm-hmm. Mary Callis and I know when Mary Garden used to go to Chicago to the old opera house in Chicago and she would do a season all in French because she, she only sang in French. Right. And, uh, you know, you went for a season and, and, and maybe um, I think coming out of this crisis, it was going to take a couple of years. Yeah. Um, there may be a lot of more local casting, which is no bad thing. No. I think it's a real positive yeah. and something that we can look forward to and embrace. I mean, even though that, we kind of, that kind of breaks my heart though, because that means like that could be a really long time before I actually get to do a show with you again. I mean, really, like I loved working with you and that, that, that hurts oh, my heart a little you. bit hearing that. So <laughs> can I move I know, to Glasgow? <laughs> You know, we um, the the arts got in Britain got a big bailout this week. Yes, I read that. Um, there's a lot of money committed. Uh, it's a very positive thing, and we're all sort of like surprised you heard us, but they did. Um, but essentially, it's money to stay dark. Okay. It's money. It's money to not go under. It's money to ensure that there's a workplace when we do manage to get live performance up and running again. Um, the details are a bit fuzzy right now. We don't quite understand. Some of it is grants, some of it is loans. There's okay. not enough money for everyone. Right. Uh, a lot of small music venues, like um, um, small um, pop rock mm-hmm. venues, are very, very worried about are they going to get some of this? Okay. Uh, it ensures the big flagships like the ROH and the National Theatre in London. Right. What about the artists? What about the artists? Are they getting any help? Well, the freelancers. There's no help for the freelancers. So there's no help for you guys. There's no help for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only for institutions. Yeah. But it's something. It's it's very positive. And I don't. I I mean I I'm not a fan of this government. Let me know. Oh, we talked about government. Boris, but um, this is a very very positive and reassuring move at least we have a lifeline now because uh let's just talk about the royal opera house in london it was going to shut down by the end of the year i mean yeah. shut down like yeah. close its doors yeah. lay off all staff 
and now they've got some um, some leverage now. I, I went all American and said leverage instead of you leverage because I know they leverage said leverage. Um, but it's great. It's it's great. Let's let's see because we just don't know when we can get going again. Know. You know, lots of European houses are beginning to get going again, but of course, we're not part of Europe anymore. Cheers. Cheers. Oh. Cheers. Um, when I watched what was happening in Madrid at the Teatro Real and I saw the photographs, there was part of me that was excited and then a part of me that went, oh, because with all those people standing on the stage like that. And I thought, are we, is there, is the world watching this to see what's going to happen? And is the first show of COVID, if it does happen in within those 27 performances, is this going to be a backlash to the rest of our business? And to set us back even do you more, think right? that, or am I, do you think that, or am I just, did I go to crazy town? Did I go down the road of Nuttyville? Say it again, say it again, Carrie. I didn't quite follow you. Say it again. When I saw the stage, and I saw the audience, the photographs. Yes. Yeah, the Traviata in Madrid with the this. Traviata in Madrid. And the yeah. court behind. Yeah. Yeah. There was a part of me, half of me was like, super excited, and the other half went, <gasps> like, oh my God, is this too soon? There's 27 performances. If they, if they, God forbid, have a case of COVID that comes from that in one of the singers or the whatever orchestration staff, is, that, is there going to be a backlash in our business because that happened? Or, or did I just go too far down the nutty bill of, of that, of thinking through that? It's a hard one, isn't it? Um, we have to be, I mean, all, all of us in whatever sector we're working, we have to be selfish because we want our sector to get up and running again as soon as we safely can. Absolutely. Um, I, from what I understand of what we did in Madrid, it was a rigidly controlled environment in which they were, okay. they were doing what was in essence a semi-staged concert. Um, and one of the great things about um, the level of subsidy to the continental houses is the governments are prepared to let them sell fifty percent, and and you know so it makes it cost effective for them to operate in that way. Yes. Um, Because the transmissibility of this is not completely understood, mm -hmm. but there is a sort of umbrella of thought that what we do is absolutely the worst thing possible. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we need a lot more scientific help I agree. to actually study what is going on and, and is it safe? Are we putting everyone at risk? I mean, this this new um, idea that the particles are airborne and are right. not falling to the ground and are right. actually traveling through the air and right. then going through like air conditioning systems. Yes. Right, right. I mean, that puts us in a really difficult position. Uh -huh. Right. Absolutely. And that really needs to be investigated. Yeah. Why don't um, all the upper houses pull together and investigate it together? And that's they what have I. To. I don't understand. They're not. That. No, they're not. They're not, and they need to. And we really need solid scientific advice. Yes. From um, 
many countries coordinated and working together to help them. Right. Otherwise, we don't stand a chance. No. And not just opera, live theater. All of it. Live theater, ballet, orchestral concerts. Uh, Broadway. And television and, and film, they're in, in many ways affected very similarly. So yeah. why aren't they, why aren't we all banding together, pooling funds instead of everybody wasting funds doing all of these surveys and studies, doing their own, why don't they all do them together? And I yeah, just, I think, I, I think that, I think AGMA needs to get together with British Equity, we need right. to get together with whatever unions are on the continent and right. in Australia. And I really think we need to coordinate a scientific study of is what we do dangerous or not? Are we a danger to each other? Yeah. Because the fact is, we can't do what we do at a social distance. We can't. You mm -hmm. guys can't perform on the stage. The stage crew can't do what they do, although they can do it with masks and visors right. and gloves. You guys can't. We can't be in a rehearsal room mm -mm. at social distance. Mm -mm. Yeah. Um, and someone's really got to address this and help us. Otherwise, I think the future for the next couple of years is going to be like the La Traviata experiments in Madrid, um, a semi-staged concert version. With everyone at a great distance. Yeah. Or um, and I, I really, really hope that experiment did work, by the way, because if that is what it will boil down to, like for two seasons, that's all we can do. Fuck it. Let's do it. Fuck. That's so, what we do. So what that's do you think of online do. streaming? Because we've got to get it going again. We've got oh. to get the audience the live experience again. And, you know, and we have multimedia and we can add video and projections and whatever. And we can, we can put on a show, Yeah. you know, so, until we know much, much more about this. Or we have a vaccine, maybe, maybe not. Or stronger antiretroviral drugs. Right. Or everyone just calms down a bit. Or, you know... Um, the virus goes the way of all viruses and herd immunity, right? Does kick in and it does burn out, which is the way these things go. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, maybe not. That's a point. very, very controversial yeah. way of looking at things. And, and you know, the greatest weapon we have is suppression. Yeah, that is the greatest, like elimination. It's called elimination, and then you can just stand on the 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 outbreaks in a localized way right that, that's the best weapon we have right now i'm afraid yeah um, so how do you feel how do you feel about um as a, from a director's standpoint because um they're talking about doing that here in nashville because we still have areas and um avail availability for the old drive-in movie theaters so like Keith Urban did a huge concert here, uh, social distanced on the stage with the cars driving in with the, you know, you could tune into the radio. As a director, is that something that you think would be maybe fun to do to put on a production in a different way with? Yes. All that? I regard it as a stopgap. I regard it as uh, an interim solution for yes. the current circumstances. Right. I mean, I want to get back to the real experience of it as soon as we can. Me too. That's my focus. Yeah, absolutely. Because, because of all this online stuff, I... Oh yeah, can we go there? Can oh, we Lord just... oh, let's go there. 
How do you feel about it, David? Because Gary and I are very opinionated about it. Well, first off, do you have any, do you get any, I mean, you don't have to answer yeah. this, it's none of my business, but do you have any royalties coming to you? Not a zilch, zip. Do you have any say? Do you have any, do they ask your permission nope. to put something up? Um, actually, the Royal Opera House were very nice and they did write to me and say, we would like to put these productions up. We can't pay you for this. Are you okay with this? And I said, yes. Okay. That's nice. Um, it is nice. Um, I understand why the theatres are doing it because we want to say, hey guys, we're still here, you know, we're still doing what we're doing. Um, during, during lockdown, I mean, when the only people I was seeing were my immediate neighbours when I was taking the dogs for a walk. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're, we're talking about this issue and I, I'm like going, you know, we're, we're really quite nervous, you know, because, you know, we've got no income, uh, everything's been cancelled for the rest of this year. And then I go, oh, but I saw something was from the Royal Opera House. So I saw something from the Metropolitan Opera House on, online. But I saw something. And I realized the way they think of it is like the way restaurants manage to keep going by doing takeout service. And that's the way they view it. That's a great analogy. And, yeah. And why shouldn't they think that way? I mean, to be honest, because, because I mean, I mean, the strategy of getting that stuff out there, it is about visibility. It's about, you know, the thing not vanishing entirely. Mm -hmm. um, should it be as prolific as it has been? I don't know. I'll give you an example. The, the, um, the National Theatre in London, one of their crown jewels was this Danny Boyle production of Frankenstein which was a very famous production a few years ago with Johnny Lee Miller and Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh -huh. And they swapped roles, the Victor and the Creature. Yes. Oh, yes. I remember reading about yes. this. And it was so exciting. Yeah, yeah. And, like, could not get a ticket. And for two weeks only, they live streamed the production. So one week you saw Benedict do the Creature, the next yes. week you saw Johnny Lee do the Creature. And yeah. then he went, but that's it. <laughs> no, it felt really special. Mm -hmm. It felt really special, you know. Yeah. So you felt yeah. sort of privileged to be able to watch this uh, very exciting and almost legendary production. What's um? So Disney do streaming Hamilton. I mean, I mean, yes. is there a cutoff date? Is there a cutoff date for Hamilton? I mean, I you know I've been asking that and I don't know and I haven't researched it yet. To, no, to be quite honest, I could I can't bring myself to watch it yet. I just like every time I think about putting it on, I it, I get really emotional because I just like I miss I I miss you guys. I miss my people so much. And I think if I saw that and I and you think about all the the jobs that are lost and all the hard hardships and especially couples, you know, like you and Andrew who are in the same business and and you both are reliant on this business to pay your bills. I, it's, um, it's scary. And so when I think about that, I, I just can't bring myself to watch it yet. So I think I might you know, need to get a little drunk and then watch it. <laughs> it's, um, what's, what's so hard for us is it all ended so suddenly yeah. and we weren't prepared for it. No. Where were you? Where were you two when it happened? When lockdown happened? Where were uh, you? I was in DC at the Kennedy Center uh, singing Donna Elvira. And, um, we did a show on Wednesday night, I think that was the 11th, and then by five o'clock on Tuesday the 12th, because the 12th was the day that President Trump called the national emergency. 
and um, and then everything shut down. And so I was on a debating whether do I get on a plane or do I get do I rent a car? I didn't know what was safe. Um, and what scared me though that Thursday afternoon before I got the call was I walked into Trader Joe's to pick up a few things and hardly anything was on the shelves. The line was out the door. It really was like, oh my God, like we're mm. shits hitting the fan. So I, mm. that's where I was. Where were you, Sandra? I was in Brazil. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I was in Rio de Janeiro. Oh, with Bolsonaro. <laughs> Who has COVID right now? No, he doesn't because he was too strong. But now oh, he does. Oh, I'm sorry. And now he does, yeah. <laughs> well, yes, I had a concert on Friday the 13th that was canceled one hour before it was to take place. Shit. Warmed up, in makeup, <laughs> people were coming in, and uh, people in Rio, it, it was like there was nothing happening there. The beaches were full, the restaurants were full. And then I came home and uh, had three and a half weeks of pure hell. So, yeah. Okay. Couldn't, coughing, fever, couldn't taste anything, couldn't smell anything. Scary man. Yeah, and you were, where were you? I was in Berlin. Ooh. So uh, we were, I was doing a Domineo in, at the Staatsoper in Berlin with Simon Rattle. And uh, every morning I was online just checking the news from Italy because Italy was the epicenter at that point. Right, at that point. And then, and then, and, and then it's beginning travel 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 and like and then we all started asking serious questions of the management of this staff program what's going to happen and they're like going no we think we'll open we, we, we think we'll, we'll get it open we got right up to the pre-dress um and then they were really hoping that they would at least be able to stream the premiere, like with an empty auditorium. Mm -hmm. They were able to stream it so we would actually open the show. Um, and then someone in the house was diagnosed. And that was it. Yeah. Oh, down. wow. Wow. And then, and then we were all just like, okay, well, we've got to get home now before they shut the borders. Right. So, right. Yeah. Was Andrew with you at that point? Was he on the show with you? No, no, Andrew, was, and, and, Andrew wasn't working on that show. So he was <laughs> going nuts. A bet. Oh my God. <laughs> like, am I going to get back? Yeah. <laughs> because I was like, the possibility of actually being trapped in Berlin was, was it was high. Yeah. It really well, was. We know a lot of people that got stuck there, actually. I, I, and I, and Simon got stuck there. Simon Raffle got stuck yeah. there. with. Thank God Magdalena was there and the kids were there. Oh God. And they, they still had an apartment in Berlin, but but you know, because he he he's now meant to be chief conductor of the London Symphony Orchestra. Right. Um I I know um a dear friend who's um a Romanian soprano. Her boyfriend lives in Switzerland. He's a, a doctor in Switzerland. She hasn't seen him for four months because she got trapped in Romania. My mom is having surgery on Friday, 82 years old in Chicago and our borders, I mean, everything is closed still in Canada and, and it will be for quite a while, I think. And I can't fly down to Chicago and 
help my mom because she's in a retirement home, which is on lockdown. So her caretaker has to take her to the hospital, but she can't sit in the hospital with her. No. Mm -mm. She has to stay outside. And Chicago is in phase four already. No way. Phase four. I just found that out yesterday. So, but my mom is risking everything going to a hospital and I can't go and be with her. So, I, I mean, I get it. I, and what can you do? You just sit here and you want to pull your hair out. And of course we have no inspiration to, to listen to music or to, to work because we have nothing to look forward to. You know, we have, we yeah. don't know when that next thing is going to be. I, I mean, my Macbeth yeah. was canceled. My first Macbeth was just canceled. So I was all ready with it. I was translated it. I was working hard on it. And then it got canceled. It's like, where was that? In Philadelphia. Uh -huh. New production. Your, your productions that you're working on right now, are they a year out? I mean, are they, are they enough time out? Talk to me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I have one more contract at the end of this year in London. Okay. Let's see. Okay. Let's see. Uh, I lost everything this year. Um, at this moment in time, all my continental contracts are in place. Okay. Uh, I, I'm in discussion with all the theatres. The vibe from them is they're going ahead. So that that's um, yeah. Vienna in uh, Milan, uh, somewhere else. See what I mean? We can't we can't focus on anything. COVID brain. So, so let me ask you, this, is, there, is there part of you that when you pick it up to work on it, is there any part of you that's, is your whole heart in it? Or is there part of your heart that's like, why do I want to give everything if I don't know if this is really going to happen? Exactly. Yes. Always. But, but you have, I mean, the way I look at it, I just go like, come on, this is happening. This is happening. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've got to, I've got to, I'm going to speak out of school now, but I've got to share with you um, every opera house are slashing their production budgets to smithereens. I was going to ask you that. And, and that's a new thing that we're all having to deal with, even though, even though we might be quite far down the design process, because you, you know, right. we work for two, three years in advance of the production period. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And normally our submission date is a good two years, 18 months before the production period. So okay. especially in America, they can summer tech the shows. Right. But now all the summer techs are in doubt. Um, what, what's happening is that the management's having to now come to us and go like, we're really, really sorry. We've now got to cut 30, 40, 50% of that budget. So you have to think again. Um, and that, 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 that happened on several projects. That could change our whole... It's going to happen to us too with our fees. Yeah, but that could change huh? your whole design. That could change your whole design process. Yeah. The whole... You could have to almost scrap maybe... Would you have to yeah. scrap the whole thing or and start over? I've had to change the title. For La Scala Milan, I've, I've actually had to change an entire title. Wow. Wow. Uh, because you you know uh, Dominic Meyer is coming into with to La Scala's new regime and, and and one actually he's been fantastically proactive I have to say one Good. of the first things he did was he went like 
hell we can't, was that a square word? No. Hell we, we nah. can't afford a big thing like that. Yeah, it's a, and he it's actually a came back and said, David, can you imagine not doing that, but actually doing a much, much smaller thing? Okay. And I'm like, right, okay, I'll let me phone my team, my design team, and we'll talk about it. And everyone went like, listen, what can yeah. we say? We've got to. We've got yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. So we, we had to like do a complete vault back about the title. Um, that's one. That's one of the things that I'm working on right now. So, so okay. what was a gargantuan 20th century piece turned into uh, a Baroque 17th century piece? Interesting. Okay. But um, I'm, you know, um, Zondra met several of the projects that that we're doing together in the future. Um, I I've had the budgets lie slashed. Yeah. So. Um, the thing I mean, is, we'll they're, do it. they're huh? going to a couple theaters, so, and that's a good thing. Is that there will be shared costs, and maybe we can include more theaters in that, yeah. and, and maybe that's the future yeah. to be a traveling yeah. production. Mm -hmm. I think yes, very much so, very much so. To to, to do the big war horse pieces like Macbeth or Medea. Yeah. Can can we can we just go and pretend like for five minutes that there was never anything called COVID? and talk about what we actually do, what you actually do, and pretend like it, it, the world was the way it was before. Well, wait, before you get there, sorry. I, yeah. there, okay, when you're talking about these productions that are coming up, this is part of, sorry, going into what Sandra was asking. But um, when you're planning a production, like what you're planning yeah. now, yeah. do you have already the singers in your mind? How That's much where they, going, Harry. Sorry, how, how much do you, have control over that with the theaters of who you want. And I, yeah, I was just really curious because as you're designing, are you thinking of specific people? How does it, talk, talk about the whole process. When you get a new production, what happens? How does it happen? Like, so, so like, certainly in the Metropolitan Opera, like, uh, Peter won't ask me to do a project unless he has a cast in place. He has the major principles. So like, I want to do something to Zondra, you know, you know, so. You sort of know the parameters. It may change. Right. Casting may change during the process, but um, you begin with that. Other theaters, it's like, um, like one of the things I did at the end of next year, uh, of last year, in December of last year, in London at Covent Garden was Benjamin Britten's Death in Venice, mm -hmm. which I have to say was one of the productions I'd be most proud of in my career. Uh, it was a one thing and we didn't begin with a single idea okay. and 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 it was just the title was there um lots of discussions with peter casting throwing ideas around until we began the principal tenor and and um we had lots of ideas lots of names but both of us felt a little bit and then we came upon Okay. Uh, the wonderful English lyric tenor Mark Padmore, and we just went, that's it. Cool. And then from that, we managed to build the rest of the cast, which is actually a very large cast. Yeah. Um, Jerry Finley was the next choice, doing okay. all the lovely Jerry. Um, so it's different house to house actors. La Scala Milan, in my experience, just sort of tell you who's in the cast. Okay. Yeah, and a staff offer too will sort of just say, well, that that's who you've got. That's what's happening. 
Um, and frightening. Can you ever protest a singer or or something and yeah. say, "I'm sorry, I just cannot work with this person"? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does it work? No, not always. <laughs> not always. Sometimes, one or two times, I have risked the them or me strategy, and it's worked in my favor. And sometimes it's gone in the singer's favor. But you know, there's, there's not many singers that I don't head it off with. Okay. People um, look like dubious about that. And, you know, I was. Why are you not nodding enthusiastically and like going, yeah, David, there's not anything I could answer. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's, there's, um, there's so many people on my list of like, um, I, where I just go like, you know what, life's too short. Life is too short. Not many. Me there's too. Maybe, I have like, I have four on my list. Yeah, yeah I, have, I, I have that. But that's singers. But I that list is compiled of singers, companies, and conductors. And for me. Like, I don't really ever want to work there again. I don't care if I do life's too short. I don't want to work with that conductor. If I never step on stage with that singer again, hallelujah. I, 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 I think when we all get going again, I don't think we're all going to be able to be so picky. I think we're just going to have to suck it up. <laughs> I was just going to say that to you. You know what, Carrie? You're just going to have to put your, put your big girl panties on. You're I just think we're going to have to be glad to be working again. And I think we're going to have to be super nice to our colleagues. <laughs> the, um, so do you, you know, like with singers, when we say, I really want to, like, Sandra's going to be, Sandra's going to kill me in this interview. Sandra's like, listen, I really want to sing my first Joconda. I want to do it in four years. I want to do it here and here and here and here. Um, is that the same for directors? Do you say, I really want to do a Norma and I'm, I want to do it at San Fran or whatever? No, never. It doesn't work that way. Never. Well, for me, maybe for other guys or gals, it is, but not for me. No. But never. a singer. I've, I've I've, I've never had, oh, have I? Where they came to you and said, I want David McVigar to, to carp launch and said, David, do whatever you want to do. Happened, it's happened once in my life, once in my life at Glyndebourne. Oh. And Glyndebourne was in a sort of weird transitional period. They'd just lost their managing director and they were waiting for the new managing director to take over. And um, George Christie, um, of Christie family who own and run Glyndebourne, who's passed away now. Uh, he, he was interim managing director and he called me into his office and he said, carte blanche, what do you want? And I said, I wanted to handle Giulio Cesare. The Giulio Cesare. And that turned into one of my biggest things, you know, uh, but, but that absolutely came from me. That's I really wanted to do that piece. That but, but that's the worst time that happened to me. That blows my mind. Really? Because I mean, like, as singers being a part of your productions, whether you've been directing them or not, but and also going to your productions and seeing them and seeing how they're responded to and the audience members that end up coming. I mean, I know that it's a whole thing, but there's something about your productions that's really special and unique. And as a general director of an opera company, if I wanted butts in the seat, I would be calling you saying, what? What is on your heart? What do you What do you think is going to be a an amazing thing for you? Look, a, look, a general director has to be in charge of their shit. They do, and 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 part of their job is 
putting titles together with artists mm-hmm. and, and, and embracing those things. So, you know, uh, I'll share another little, I'm, I'm thinking about something else uh, that came to fruition because I did just once mention to Peter Gelb, I did a really bad production of Tosca years ago, you know, and uh, I'd love to get, have another go at it. And he went, are we? So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I know you got whatever. I mean, just, but just, just, I'm just saying, you know, like, and, yeah. and that little idea, I mean, it, so thank you, Peter. <laughs> thank you. It's a great Tosca, uh, by the way. Thank you very thank much. You. Um, it, it had a hard birth. It was hard getting. That was but, a difficult but, production. But now it? it's there. It's you know it is there. it is pretty bad. But uh. So what show do you want to do? What's what one opera haven't you done that you really really really? All really the Janicek's. Janicek. I've not done a single Janicek opera, and he is one of my favorite composers. Uh, my absolute favorite is is Dietz uh, Makropoulos. Okay. It's something I that would literally nice people to do. Uh, uh, the other one I'm dying to do is Prydoliski uh, Pistoruski. Is that right, Zondra? Yes. Yes. I didn't do the. It's okay. It's okay. It's 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 close. I'm just gonna lay my head down now because that makes that's like ugh. And 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 um, Jennifer and Katya, yeah, and I would be in heaven. So Czech music, huh? Czech music. What's wrong with Czech music? No, no, nothing. It just it 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 it. I I didn't expect that. I really thought it was gonna be some Italian something. Onyegin? No. Only if I could do it the way it was done originally with a very, very young cast in a very small, intimate theater. Mm. So what is it about... What is it about the Czech? Is it the story? Is it the music? Is it the combination of the two that, that speaks to you? I love the music of Janicek. Um, I think the stories um, are incredibly powerful, incredibly strange. His subject choices, like Vixen and um, Macropolis, get stranger and stranger. And then House of the Dead is one of the strangest oh. operas ever written. Yeah. Um, but also, he, he's sort of like the perfect opera composer for our age because everything is over and done in two hours. It's so compact, it's so concentrated, with so much density in his musical writing. Yeah. But you're so moved by every single one of those operas. I mean, you cannot come out of Gugelhorn to Jennifer, not devastated. Oh, true. Um, true. And, oh. and, and the same, same with, with Emilia Marti's death scene. It, it gets you, it, and, oh, whoa. Yeah. It just gets you. So if you know, if any internet ever like watch this, if it goes out online, you're like, please, please, please. I, that's what I really, really want to do. I'll do it. I'll do it with you. Okay. 
we're, we're, we're going to just put it out there right now. I will, I will be Yenufa anytime. anytime. Um, yeah, Carrie. Hello, Carrie. I, I would only I do it Carrie if would I like could, to do that. No, I would only do it if I could sing it on all vowels with five consonants. That's it. <laughs> no. Carrie really loved singing in Czech, by the way. She loved Rude. it. She praised it. It made her so happy. You know, I actually, I hated it because I learned it incorrectly. I learned it, I learned it backwards, the words. And so then it became, it was just hard on my throat. And, but when, if I went back and redid it, I, I once I fixed it, it was fine, but still it was That's, brutal. Can I just say that your production, David, people oh, out there may not know this. Glorious. Your, your production of Rusalka originated in Chicago, but came here and Carrie and I did it in, in Toronto. You just won so many awards here in yeah. Canada for that production. So congratulations. Yeah. Best congrats. It, it, it's our Canadian version of, of whatever the, the awards are, the Tony Awards, which is called the Dora Award. But you won as best director. Thank you very much. And your Thank production you won best production. It was awesome. So. It was beautiful. That thing was so amazing. So. It's up, up there with my very, that and your Andrea Chenier. Oh. Uh, you so. did that in Barcelona, yeah? And in London. Barcelona. And yeah. London. And in London, of course, in London, yeah. I know, but so what's your ballpark, top five productions that you've done and, and why? That you love. That you really, really love. You, you already said the death in Venice. Or is that a boring question? Death in Venice, Venice was right up there. Julie Chaser is right up there. Um, Agrippina that we just did in New York. Mm -hmm. with, uh, Joyce, that's right up there. Um, I did, I did the DuPonte operas in Australia at the Sydney Opera House. And um, the Giovanni and the Cousy, I was, really happy with um and going beyond five uh it's okay in london in, in london at Covent, at Covent garden i think uh not city figaro is very good uh at the met i think roberta deverell is very good mm -hmm. yeah I think, was, I think i think deverell was the best oh there you go i think it was the best I think it's the best of that trilogy. Yes. It's the strongest opera. Yes. And I think I think I did the best job with that. Um, thank yes. you very much, Sandra. You know, yeah. because it was it was a great experience. Mm -hmm. And we had not can I say we had enough time. Do you remember? We actually had three solid weeks in sea level yeah. rehearsal room and, and everyone, everyone was there. there. Everyone, everyone was, there. was there. And we really rehearsed it. Oh yes. And then and then the transition to the stage was not trouble free but much easier than it normally is because no one was panicking it was it was um it was a great show i, I so, love that one so it sounds like the common thread of all these productions that you love the most were not only the production but the people and how everyone worked yeah, together so very much. it's the whole picture not just the final product it was it was the process for you as well yes uh, I mean, if we talk about the Tosca, it, it's, it's well known in, in, in the industry that 
that was a very difficult process to do with people dropping out and people being ill and mm-hmm. it, it was it was scary and it wasn't enjoyable it wasn't fun to do um what i love is when i have great artists together not for an extended very long period of time but for a good concentrated short period of time where everyone is there everyone's committed everyone believes in the piece right wants to do their best wants to reveal the piece to the audience Mm -hmm. and we're all working towards the same end um and i love that i really do um well it's like it's when art comes together when art comes together when it all the pieces fit together in the puzzle that's supposed to be together and it's really a magical thing and it's a magical thing from the response of the audience from the reviewers from ticket sales i mean you know immediately when something is right because all of a sudden, even if the, let's say the production isn't well received, like people talk, you know, I've been in those shows, but those shows sell out too. So I, I mean, I think that there's something quite magical about that. And I know for myself, and I know, you know, I think I can say the same thing for Sandra, those are the experiences that we live for. You know, we yep. have so many of the horrible ones that the, the best ones are the ones that keep us still in this business for as long as we've been in it. And it's, yeah. it, it's why while we're stuck in all we can do is just live stream all performances or, you know, mm-hmm. do whatever. It's the live experience. It's, it's, you guys are always on stage. I watch the show from the auditorium. It's when you get the thickness of silence, mm-hmm. that utter concentration from that many people yeah. on what the singers are doing on the stage, yeah. that's when you might have got them. Yeah. Got them. Yeah. That's yeah. when it's working. Yeah. It's yeah. not when, really when they're going, what? I mean, it's lovely for you guys when they just go, yeah, bravo, bravo, you know, they're going well. Um, that experience is spiritual. There's is. no other word for it. It's communal and it's spiritual. Yeah. And it's good for us it is it's, it's truly good for good. our soul and it's good for our brains and our intellects and the way that we think about the world and the way that we interact with each other and that's why we've got to get live performance going again yeah. as soon as we safely can we've just got to otherwise humankind is going to be so diminished so empty empty on the inside and and what's terrifying about all this is that with all the money being lost in the economy what's at least in this country what's going to go first in the education system is the arts and that's completely a brutal and heartbreaking to me that what i grew up with will be no longer all of us you know more talk to us you always said to me and i think you said it to carrie too you talked to us about finding the truth of the character finding the truth of the opera and let's give the, the young singers at least something to hope for. What, what, how can they find that? How do they go forward finding that truth, be it with, with their art form or working on a character? Because we want to give them something to, to look forward to and hope as well, you know? Uh, we've got to give these young singers hope that there will be an industry for them to work in. And there will be. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm much more worried about someone of my age I yeah. hear you. Yeah. Um, 
I did a I did a, a Zoom with a bunch of students from the Opera Conservatoire here in Scotland, which is a very very good school, and uh, my heart really went out to them because so many of them were meant to be graduating yeah. this summer, and obviously they missed an entire term. But you know, and they didn't graduate, but you know that's them out in the world now. And I try to reassure them that, you know, the industry will recover, it will survive, there will be openings for them. The thing I said to them was, be prepared. Be prepared. The preparation is for all of us. Yes, yes. Um, is everything like it's the process of rehearsal and the process of putting an opera onto the stage is predicated on what we all bring to the table. Mm -hmm. Um, and that does go for all of us, you know, so like um, I, I, I told them the story about a, a, a certain young artist in a certain American theatre who was doing a small role in the production who clearly had only looked at her own six pages of music and didn't have a clue what, who, who else, was, you, you know that story, they don't have a clue, who's oh, yeah. on stage, what's going on, what they're singing, yada yada, blada blada. Mm -hmm. But you know, but also we all we all know stories about directors who turn up who don't have a clue who's on stage or what anyone's singing or what's going on. Oh no! Oh, you know wait, wait. you know that doesn't apply to me. I know that doesn't um, apply to you. But my my favorite was when a director shows up with the CD booklet in English. Yeah. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Bubala. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. You're right. Be prepared. That you know, Bryn. We Be had Bryn also, it applies to conductors. Please don't rock up. Mm. Please, guys, stop rocking up because you're so busy and you crack open the score you've not studied or looked at properly and you start telling the rest of us who've been rehearsing for three weeks how it needs to go. Because um, that's happened a lot. Um, Hallelujah. Mm -hmm, totally. And isn't it isn't it isn't it wonderful when we work with conductors who want to be there from the beginning of the rehearsal <gasps> and actually do really serious musical study preparation and yes. then can actually insist upon two or three days of nothing but music with the cast, which you know I always come to because yes. I I want to right. feel the vibe. Preparation. It's it's a isn't you know, it wonderful? Yeah. It's, it's, it's not usual, I have to say. It's not um, usual. I'm really curious about, a lot of your productions are uh, have been revived, which is an, a wonderful thing. And how does that work when they, how does that work for directors that come in and do it when you're booked? So do you have say over who who is the revival director of those productions? Yes. You do, okay. Yes, yes, and it will be, uh, either a trusted assistant who worked with me originally or uh, the trusted assistant when they can no longer revive that production will transmit the knowledge to another assistant mm -hmm. and certainly when I lived in London mm -hmm. and they were doing one of my revivals I would I would pop in every so often just to make sure mm -hmm. and you know people people were quite intimidated by that but I think that's a good thing it was also um, why going back to why I love my production of Figaro so much in London is that is a production just through sheer happenstance I was able to revive myself many many times as many different casts. Mm 
Oh, cool. Okay. It changes when you have different people, different people have a different synergy, different casts, everybody. So many of these records. And grew because I different people and I I would discover different things, especially I have to say, whenever I had Italian singers in the cast, like like a a, a big sea change for me, my understanding of what I I wanted to achieve with Vicar was um, lovely Luca Pizzaroni came to sing Figaro mm-hmm. and you know we met in that rehearsal room and he was a little bit who the fuck are you <laughs> oh wait cheers raising our glass yeah. there you go and uh I was like what well, who the fuck are you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh wait oh, drink again. Okay. Oh. and then we got on like a house on fire and we made sweet music together it was Love it was great but that, um, that's so, what it takes a great director to to be willing to basically put your ego aside which this is your baby and say you know what yeah you had a great idea or hey let's try it your way and that's what i love so much about you carrie and i we talk about this all the time you're willing to adapt your thought and your production to fit other people well there's no point that there is no point in me insisting well I really see her like this if the reality of the performer in front of me is they either disagree with that or everything about um, their persona doesn't go in that direction mm-hmm. and that you know you've got to be nimble you got to you got to think in your feet you've got to go like okay that's not what it's really not working that idea that brilliant idea I thought I had let's have another idea you've got to mm-hmm. But then you might come back to revive it with a new singer, and then you go like, wow. I think never that thought would... it that way. Oh my God, what you're doing is so interesting. Let's go that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. But I, you, I you just... need a bit. Go ahead, sorry. No. I, I also love, though, that you were like, you saw that I could do it, and I, I kept looking at all these different things, and I remember like practicing in front and of the show. Yeah, in the Rusalka, and I was just thinking, okay, well, how do I make that work? How do I, because yeah, your, manner, so, your mannerisms yeah. were so perfect that I was trying to copy you, and you were like, no, no, girl, you got to do Don't copy you. me. This Find is an it. idea. Yeah, and yeah. I, yeah. I love that, I love that, I love that, because in a way, I'm learning, I'm making myself better. Um, I was brought up in that environment from directors that saw, oh, no, this girl can do X, Y, Z. I want to push her. I want to see how far she can go to the line. And uh, where I, I didn't learn that in college, I learned that on the job. I learned, I was really a lucky kid that had these wonderful- I, re- I, I remember that journey between between us because it was it was finding the right level of evil for the foreign princess. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it, it's not you. No. Carrie, you're, it's, sorry, it's just to, to, to get that iciness, that manipulative, mm-hmm quality it didn't come easily to you and I remember going through the process that you were like well I'll just imitate what David's doing because I mean I, I was I trained as an actor so the way right. I directed I do do the absolute no-no which as I demonstrate a lot but in opera it, it's quite useful mm-hmm. to be able to demonstrate the sense of the character um, and I remember that process you had you had to discover that I really wanted you to find it 
-hmm. I want you to not imitate me, but to read me. It, it scared me. I, it was it, so I still remember, it was so exciting. The rehearsals where you sort of got it. You internalized that threat to Rizalka. You and 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 then I, I, rem I remember being so happy about rehearsals. Your face, you went like, yeah. No, it just yeah. um, you know. I but I remember saying to you, this scares me because I don't like. I have her. She's in there. I don't. She's locked in a box. I don't want to let her out because I think we all have those sides to us and and how I do things on stage has to be come from a very organic place and emotional mental everything and i it scared me because i knew her yeah. i knew what she was and i was like oh david i don't want to live acting too right that's why it's called acting You're but, about those, to... but those negative characters are very hard to play because you have to access something to play yeah. it convincingly so not just be a pantomime villainess not just be malicious you know you have to access something you we spend our lives like going, nope, bad no, person, no. bad person, yeah. nope, you suppress that. Yeah. Bad citizen, mm -hmm. bad person, take your mask on. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, you know, I just, I was like, if you let her out, will I, will I be able to put her back in? Can I put her back oh, in that oh. box and lock the door? Because it's. You're a great actress, Carrie. You can do oh, that. Oh, you're sweet. I, I mean, love you. You were, you were fabulous. It was, a, it was one of the highlights of my career, honestly. I'm going to say that. It's a lot of fun. That so is how Acting is risk. Acting is all about risk. Real acting is about looking inside yourself, finding those multiple personalities, <laughs> which is a little bit crazy, yeah. but it's true. And you, you end up not being yourself. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. But it's I, all in there. The it is all in there. I, I think the best part is being in a rehearsal room with a director where you feel safe enough to not only put your toe on the line, but to put the whole foot on the other side of the line. And then to actually be brave enough to do that, even though you might look ridiculous or feel idiotic or whatever the emotions are. But once you do it, once you put that foot over that line, at least in my own experience in my career, you become stronger and knowing and more confident, I guess, and knowing that, okay, I can do that as long as I trust the person on the other side of the table to say it's too much. You, you have no barriers. You, you don't live with barriers, Carrie, you know, and a lot of singers <laughs> live with, with, with barriers, not just about their acting, but about their singing. You have a glass that magically gets refilled, David, I would like. <laughs> Is Andrew in the room? No. Oh, I see. You have a traveler. <laughs> okay, and that's why I love you, Sandra, because you notice stuff like that. <laughs> I did well, you know, like I think it's I think it's I, I think it's time to do this. Are these puppies? These are the puppies. Are these the doodles? I was just gonna ask that. Here he is! Oh, oh, baby! That's the puppy we got when we knew lockdown was coming. Oi, don't go in. Stay here. But is this Mungo? This is Mungo. Mungo. Hi, Mungo. Mungo is what kind of puppy now? He's a He's a schnauzer. They're okay. all schnauzers. How many do you have? Three. <gasps> this is Ivor. Hello, baby. Oh, 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 oh sweet oh, peas. Hi. Come on. Come here. Come here. Oh, oh my gosh, I love this so oh, much. Oh, look at all black. Oh, beautiful. So beautiful. And this You're is your. <laughs> 
David, who is this? Nero. 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 I had I had a schnauzer when I was a kid, and her she was an AKC puppy, so her name was Life Sweet Serendipity. <laughs> Life because AKC puppies you have to name, <laughs> so we called her Sarah. And then you remember those little doggy treats called snausages? Yes. <laughs> so we called her. She loved them, so we called her snausages. <laughs> oh, they're the best! I love them. We should let you go because I know we've we've taken more than an hour of your time. But is there anything else you want to say to our our, our lovely people out there listening and watching? Because we love talking with you. I know. So I miss you. you. It's so good to see your I know. Friends. And Andrew too. Um. Look, we'll we'll get back. Yep. We will. We will get back. It's it's going to take some time, and um, it's going to take some governmental cooperation between nations. And I hope that um, the political situation in the world allows that to happen because it's what we need. Right. We need. We, we've got to come together and we've got to work together and. Uh, you know, we've got to get through this. And uh, we will get through it. Yep. But the way to get through it is not allowing lots of people to die. Yeah, absolutely. It's there a is serious, another way. It's a serious it, virus. It's real. It is valid and it works. Yeah. Till we, we, we can come up with potentially a vaccine or with antiretroviral meds, it's it's the best tool that we have. Yeah. You know, and it's the best way forward. Yeah. And um so wear your mask, guys. Wear your mask. <laughs> and you know, and, and be sensible about your social distancing and wash your hands and just follow the simple strategy that we all need to do. Otherwise, we're not going to get through it. It, it no. you know, we don't exacerbate the problem. And please, world leaders, don't exacerbate the problem. Thank Help you. us. Thank Help you. us to do the right thing to suppress it because that's all we have right now. Yeah. We're going to ask you some rapid fire questions because we want to. Yeah. Make, can we make you laugh for a few minutes? Yeah. Okay. Oh, Carrie, Carrie wants, do you, you want my, you want my best question that I always ask? Yeah. I'm, I will never ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie has one question I'll never ask and I have one she'll never ask. So, okay, boxers or briefs? Briefs. Of course. Exactly. You know, I really thought that if you, if she asked that question, I, th I would, I would have bet money or maybe alcohol on you saying commando. No. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. No, no. Okay. Your turn, Carrie. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. What is the most useless talent that you have? A photographic memory for shit that doesn't actually fucking matter. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> okay. Love that. 
What is your favorite word? Love. Oh. Right now, what is a song that gets stuck in your head? Mm. Oh, oh, God. I don't know. I don't know who sang it. Uh, nothing's gonna stop us. Nothing's gonna stop us now. Who sang that? Who is that? I don't remember. Nothing's gonna stop us. I don't know why. Nothing's gonna stop us now. That's random. That is random. But it's like in my head at night. I don't know why. That's weird. That's weird. How do you even go to sleep though with that in your head? Yeah, you don't. Maybe, but maybe the sentiments of the song. Are, I, I don't know who the artist is. I forgot. Starship. Starship. That's right. How crap is that? But but that that is a song that's rattling around my brain. I don't know why. Sorry, it's from the movie uh, with the mannequin. Mannequin. It's from the movie. Mannequin. How random is that? I think I heard it randomly on the radio and it's just like lodged in my brain and I don't know why and it actually drives me nuts. My mom is calling and singing Christmas carols to me. Just saying. So. <laughs> right, well. He doesn't watch this so I can say that. So what is the worst habit that you'll never break? What? The worst habit you have that you will never break. Mm. Oh, I know. Oh, it's hard. Cheers. Mm. Well, you normally ask um, singers this because it's a wardrobe malfunction on stage. But have you ever had a wardrobe malfunction, I guess, anywhere? <laughs> or best. <laughs> oh, no. You're like, I'm not telling this on the internet. <laughs> yes, but I can't, I'm not saying it on the internet. Yeah. Okay, fine. Okay. That, I like that because that makes my imagination go crazy. Okay. Okay. Dream so, away. What advice would you give a younger version of you? Whoa. Whoa. Oh. Yeah, I went there. You went to heavy pill. Try not to make so many enemies. Okay, yep, got it. Try, try not to piss people off. Try and see, what I mean by that is try and see other people's side of the argument and stop being so absolute about your side of the argument. Mm, that's huge. That's, that's huge, yeah. Okay, favorite cuss word in any language? There it is. What does that mean? Mm, you have to ask the Russian. Can okay. you say it one more time? Pashol Dinakwi. Pashol Dinakwi. Pashol Dinakwi. I'm going to look that up. Bad. Really <laughs> there we are. Bad. And we're going to put that translation up. Oh. It's really bad. I got to call my Russian friends. <laughs> What's your most irrational fear? Ooh. Bad. Really? But it's coming. It's coming for all of us. I know. I'm with you. I, have, I, I, hope oh, I, I wanted, I read yesterday randomly because 
we all do put so many random things online these days. Um, Hello. Jean-Pierre, <laughs> the director of Pierre Canal, who's one of my absolute idols, died at the age of 56. And I didn't know that. And I'm soon, I will soon be that age. In a, in a few years, I'll be that age. And he did so much. So much. So well. And um, yeah, it was sobering. Does that change, though, how you think about however many years you do have left on the planet and how, what you want those years to look like after reading something like that? No, I, um, I think I've done a bit, I've done a bit, I've done probably as much as a boy from Glasgow can hope to do. You've done it's quite an just, amazing bit. It's just, I mean, listen, I just want a nice life. I want to be able to do nice projects that I enjoy with people that I love. Mm. Um, not just love working with, but actually have an emotional attachment to. Um, I think it's very important to really care about your colleagues. Yeah. Um, and um, I'm mellowing now. As I get, I'm getting older, I'm just getting mellower and mellower, and I'm much more happy to just uh, coast. Imagine <laughs> terrible thing. I met you in 2006 and you really are are a different person now am I yeah in a good way a different person I think that that's so horrible then see now I should have just shut up Sandra yep (laughs) you weren't horrible but you you now are mellower that's the perfect way to put it you can see that life, you have a gravitas to you now, that, that life has, has taught you things and given you great things. That's what I feel. Thank you. No. And Maybe don't be that out, out of line. No. I'll put it out of line. If you could choose any other profession than your own, what would you do? I'd cook something. I'd be in food. Definitely. I'd be working in food because uh, it's, uh, it, I actually came quite late in my life to cooking. I, I came to it in my 30s, but now it's something uh, that I love. And it's obviously during this difficult time, something I've done a great deal of. I, I've actually collated all my lockdown recipes on my iPad. Awesome. I'm up to 107, 107 Whoa. new things that I've tried. Wow. No. Oh, wait, wait. wait, 107 new recipes you've tried like yes. since in lockdown? Yeah. That's awesome. That's so yes. cool. Okay. On that, wow. All right. You made me think of, because I know you know where you work with her, but um, Elza Vandeheever who on her Instagram right now is this amazingly incredible artist, is not on stage, but is creating beautiful work, art with food. Stewart, she's her her Instagram pictures of her food are so beautiful and so amazing. Like it makes my heart happy that she's channeling this creative energy of hers into that. So it's cool to see online. Yeah. 
wonderful. Elsa is a wonderful, wonderful woman and a wonderful artist. And, yeah. Uh, Love her. Yeah. And, and another one of the, the artists that I'm just in love with, you know, and just, like, yeah. you know, it, it matters so much to really care about each other. Right. Yeah. Last question. Shall we do it? Can I do it? Oh, sure. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? You didn't do so badly. <laughs> That's right. Hey, hey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Love it. We, we really, I mean, I'll speak for myself, but we really love seeing you. It's yeah. So and miss you and miss, all, miss what we do so much. Oh, I know. It's really hard. It's really hard. Isn't it? My, uh, my hope and prayer is that somewhere in this lifetime, and I know I said this to you even when we left Rusalka, is that uh, we're in person together somewhere, whatever it is, whether it's working, whether it's having a meal or a cocktail or something. I, I hope I get to see you and Andrew, give you a hug and see your face in person. So, Andrew! And the puppies. Andrew, they want to see you. And that wallpaper is gorgeous. It is it's it's What's the poster on the wall too with the red? That's not a poster, that's a... Uh... <laughs> Hello! Thank you! I love it! Oh, this you. is for you! I'm drinking this today! Yes! Fantastic. You okay? How are you? Hanging in. <laughs> You love the dogs. Lovely. Beautiful. He's been very Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is, how are you guys? How are you guys? I mean, how are you doing, Andrew? How's life? I'm about the garden. Been working hard. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. <laughs> I've been working hard on our garden. So lots of veggies and things. And uh, David's cooking amazing food. So. Yes, sexy. Yeah. I love it. Uh, sorry, yeah, yeah. But okay. how are you guys? How how are you? I mean, you know, I mean, actually doing this has been so helpful to us just to connect yeah. with artists. I mean, neither one of us really wanted to sing online, but we really wanted to talk to people and find out how they were doing. So for us, this is kind of like a therapy session. <laughs> yeah. And um, so this keeps me to the arts and our artist friends. Yeah and all of that because for us that's the most important aspect of what we do is the interaction and, and the relationships that we have and since yeah. we can reach out and hug everyone right now you know yeah. this is how we do it yeah and, and it's actually i've learned a whole bunch of stuff so it's kept me super busy and, and my brain and my creativity occupied if that makes sense i think i would lose yeah. my mind if i didn't have a creative outlet in some way so making these videos and learning how to do that on learning all these computer software programs has really been a wonderful gift gift for me in in this process and i was so glad that sandra was like yeah sure i'll i'll, I'll do it with, i'll get crazy with you on the internet so Perfect. yeah no, it's it, it is what it is and it's, Hi, is that the puppy puppy this is the puppy puppy yeah yeah did you yeah. get them all at the same time and are they related no not at all no um uh, the eldest one that we have now is Nero, he's nine, and then there's uh, Ivor, 
who we call Pooh. He's five. He's five. He, didn't, he likes to sip in Pooh, so that's what we call him Pooh. <laughs> and, and this is Mungo, and um, he's Mungo Moo. So Aww. we have Moo Poo and, and Moo. I love that so much. I bet yeah. they bring you so much joy, especially being home. And I bet they're loving that you guys are home for this long. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the first time David spent any time at home. All of us. Been two, two years ago. You know, okay. And, okay, so, you know. so married, married question. So, uh -oh, here goes. For this long, are there anything that new you've learned about each other or anything that where you all have had to have <laughs> Downs and you're like, listen, I've had enough. You better yeah, something I, I, in the toilet. <laughs> um, I, I hate him more than ever. <laughs> no, joking. <laughs> no, it, it, it's it's tough. It's tough, you know. Um, I think you know because we we've had to we've had to learn to give each other space. Yeah. Just like understand when we need to spend some hours apart. Yeah. In the house. I mean, I mean, having the dogs is great because we can take the dogs out. It's, it's yeah. a reason to get out, especially right. during when the lockdown is really severe. It's the only way to get out of the house. Right, right. Um, we call I mean, it I mean, a holiday. We would go on vacation in different parts of the of the house. So we were going down south. <laughs> we were going north, and you know, he, he, we just took a vacation. Right. I mean, I'm, I've, I've got the gardeners to escape to, you know, so I'm digging nice. you know, up there and sort of laying paths and things. And so, yeah, it's quite, you just laugh. No, okay. <laughs> Not that I'm paranoid or anything, but. but, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's strange times, isn't it? It's, it's really surreal. We never knew that gardening and cooking were going to be taking up so much of our time. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Oh, puppy. Okay, bye, puppy. <laughs> bye, Andrew. Well done for good. It's fantastic. Love you guys. Thank bye. you. Love you guys. Take care. Bye. Bye. Have a good one. Bye. What I think your, your, my spouse gives the best fill in the blank. Oh dear, Duncan, leave the room. It's time to go. Oh dear, Duncan Lear. <laughs> oh my God, I should probably you have. You two are going to get arrested. <laughs> Do I look okay? You look beautiful. I look sunburned. It's a hot dang mess, people.